0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the Organ, Eye and Tissue Recovery Agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life.
1: Recently, LifeBank was part of something a little groundbreaking. We had three donor heroes at the same hospital system, Mercy Health St. Elizabeth's Hospital in Boardman and Youngstown. What makes this occurrence remarkable isn't the number of donors. It was the fact that they were individuals with Down syndrome. There are many misconceptions about organ, eye, and tissue donation and the idea that a person with disabilities cannot be a donor is one of them. So today we are busting that myth wide open on this episode. Hi, you're listening to episode 103 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. We are pleased to have three individuals who are very close to this topic. Mary Sansone, who is the LifeBank in-house and hospital services coordinator in the Youngstown area, including Mercy Health Hospitals. Mary is part of the care team that coordinates donation when a patient meets medical criteria to be an organ donor. Also talking with us is Jim Sutman, who is an advocate for individuals with disabilities. Jim's friend, Walter, was a recent organ donor and did have Down syndrome. We were also lucky enough to connect with Walter's brother, Fred. And Fred is going to share some of his memories of Walter and how Walter's gifts of life impacted his family. So first, I'm going to start with my esteemed coworker, Mary Sansone.
2: Hi, Colleen. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk about such an important subject. And I'm happy to explain my role with LifeBank. I've been with LifeBank a little over 13 years, and it's been an absolute privilege to support the mission for organ tissue and eye donation. Specifically, I'm kind of the jack of all trades in the Youngstown, Warren area. I serve, as you said, Mercy Health Youngstown, also Trumbull Memorial Regional Hospital. And my role consists of um, providing resources and education to the hospital team, specifically approaching families about their donation choices and rights, caring for the donor themselves in the ICU throughout the entire donation process, and then also doing the follow-up with families and the hospital team that participated in the donation.
1: That's a really big role, and you are really with those family members every step of the way
2: an absolute honor to be in their sacred space for that short amount of time. I take it very seriously and there's nothing I would rather do. Oh,
1: Mary, you're great. As I said in the open, we recently had three very special organ donors in your area. Can you explain why these donors were so special and a little bit different?
2: Colleen, as you mentioned in your opening, all three donors came within a few months of one another. And like you said, that's nothing abnormal or unusual, but all three had Down syndrome. And in my 13 years, I had never recalled a time where we cared for three donors at all, let alone within a few months' time with Down syndrome. And just being transparent, I thought I knew how to be politically correct, and I thought I knew a lot about it. And I found out through their caregivers and families that, no, I was remiss in a lot of ways. And... One of the main things that I learned is that all three individuals lived absolutely full, wonderful lives and were a definite light to society. And they were so loved and cared for. The family camaraderie, whether it be their adopted family through agencies or their biological families, embraced them and saw the light that I think society may not see. And so through their donation and their unfortunate deaths, I got to meet their family and caregivers, and be so inspired, and opened a new light to me. And one of the biggest things that I realized is that, again, I thought saying someone with disabilities was appropriate, but I've learned just the opposite, that it's more to describe someone who's living with Down syndrome, and particularly these three individuals who lived such a full life and were contributing to society more than maybe some people that they actually have special abilities or different abilities. I don't think disability, it's the last thing that comes to mind when I think about the lives that were described to me. And then in regard to organ donation, a lot of people might think that just because it may have different characteristics that they wouldn't be able to donate when the exact opposite is true, that these three individuals collectively saved five lives, Colleen, through the gift of organ donation. What an impact, and what a legacy of life to leave. And then on top of that, when you go to the BMV and you're you're asked that question, whether or not you would like to help someone else through the gift of donation upon your death, some of these individuals had signed up or their family or caregivers knew their decision. And it just goes to prove that people are good. And if you, even if you come from a different background or with a different ability, you still have the ability to save a life and do something good. And I think that that might have been lost somewhere in translation over time in society, that they were people with less. But I honestly have learned that they are definitely people with more.
1: When we heard this story, we were just so inspired by them and their generosity. I think it's time that we talk about it. It seems like we're talking about all kinds of different awareness And that should be at the top of the list. And I love using special abilities or different abilities. I mean, how appropriate is that? That's wonderful. Keeping in mind that we have to keep things confidential and we have to adhere to HIPAA, do you want to talk a little bit about these individuals
2: that were donors? Generally speaking, for these individuals, they were very hard workers. Their work ethic was amazing. They enjoyed their work. They loved it and they were very dedicated to it. I think two out of three participated in the Special Olympics, which I think, you know, myself included, I don't think that I made it a priority to watch or participate, but it's kind of changed my mind to support people in the Special Olympics. They were very vibrant and a true light to their family and caregivers and it just seems as though the innocence and pure love of life and no barriers in their mind, no politically correctness necessary in some instances, just made them a free spirit. And it's, it's honestly something I think we should all admire and try to emulate, actually. Yeah.
1: And, and what I love was that they all had these wonderful full life. Their life wasn't diminished at all by their different abilities.
2: Some of them have done more in their life than I've done in mine, and it literally was an eye-opener, and also to see the impact they had on others. One of the donor's um, caregivers had been the same caregivers for 17 years. They had a bond that it was so evident in the hospital. It was so inspiring. You know, there are times in society that we um, think people are less than, or we don't, you know, celebrate their differences. But the exact opposite was true during my time in the hospital with these particular people. You know,
1: Mary, I think you've learned a lot from these three special donors. Is there anything that you would like to share that really sticks out in your mind that the average person wouldn't know about somebody with special abilities and organ and tissue donation?
2: Maybe that just the way they were described is that keeping it simple and be willing to love someone you don't know. And be willing to help someone you don't know, so basic to them in their nature that we all can take a lesson from that. Mary, thank you so much for being here and all the work
1: you do with donors of all abilities. Just appreciate your work in the field and especially in the Youngstown area. So thank you.
2: Thank you, Colleen. My honor.
1: I'm gonna to turn to Jim Sutman. Jim, thanks for talking with me. And I wanna talk about your friend Walter. Can you share what he was like?
3: <laughs> oh, it's, it's very tough to be succinct when you're talking about Walter. Um, Walter was an individual that his family treated just like the other children in the family. Um, there was no coddling or special treatment just because he was born with Down syndrome. I think part of it, too, was that he was the oldest of three. And so as the oldest, Walt always... Took pride in that, that, uh, you know, I'm older than you, so I should be doing more than you. He was just a, a free spirit that at 16, he started walking Market Street in Youngstown, which is a main thoroughfare and found himself a job. <laughs> he walked into a pizza shop and said, I want to start working here. And, you know, he started working there. In fact, he worked at different pizza shops and grocery stores uh, his whole life and they weren't organized by county boards of developmental disabilities or he knew people that got him jobs. He walked in and because of his charm, earned jobs and worked. So even though he did go to a sheltered workshop and then in turn went to our day program, which is called the Purple Cat, he always moonlighted working at these other jobs, which he always had some extra cash because of it. Uh, I think, you know, his vocational history speaks a lot about him because he was going to do what he wanted to do. And, and the big thing about Walt was, boy, was he not boring. He, there was so much going on in his life. He was an aficionado of music, from old country, and Elvis Presley and Neil Diamond that would sing at the drop of a hat. He liked the ladies, always had several prospects, female prospects, and, and like a person that does not have Down syndrome, he would show his emotions about it. I think basically his communication skills were exemplary, and uh, that set him apart from a lot of his peers with Down syndrome.
1: Yeah, he sounds like he just had that personality to present himself as who he was, right?
3: Yes. I mean, the moment that you met him, you, he would present himself fully to you. And uh, you know, that made it a little bit hard. A couple years ago, his mom had passed away. And you know that was a very interesting situation. You know, Walt had already been attending our Purple Cat, and I had already been longtime friends with Walt. And uh, so you know, our relationship was strong. And I, I, I had dinners with his mom and met them out, and so we knew each other well. But uh, Walt one one morning came down the steps, and Mom had had a heart attack and died on the couch. And there was a six year old nephew too that was involved. Walt not only kept an eye on the nephew, but called me and, you know, I was able to get to the house and begin sorting out the situation. It was quite a, quite a day. But I bring that up because his mother was so close to him. And when she passed away, you know, Walt was such an honest person that even if we were in Walgreens in the line, he'd be, sometimes he'd be like, you know what, my mom passed away. <laughs> um. And he would get, he, he would get these strangers involved in conversations. At first I would want to step in and say, Walt, we're not supposed to be talking about that. But some of these conversations, people were genuinely interested. You know, the world moves so fast. You know, Walt taught me to slow it down a little bit. And when you do slow it down, you know, you really, you know, maybe feel the heartbeat of why we're all here. And I know that that sounds a bit dramatic, but that's what Walt lended. You know, slow things down. You know, the Down syndrome made him move slower than others. But it was a heck of a pace, (laughs) a pace we should all emulate.
1: Perhaps it was just the way he saw the world differently, what was important to him. We all look at what's on our plate and we have lists of things to do, whereas Walt maybe looked at the world and saw what was right in front of him and what needed to be said. So how how wonderful is that?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a blessing.
1: So what do you treasure about your friendship with Walt? You had so many experiences with him and he sounded like such a wonderful person what do you take away from your friendship with him?
3: Our friendship was just so equal. For example, I'd mentioned Elvis. Walt loved Elvis. So we went to Graceland three times, but, you know, taking Walt and we didn't just take Walt, we would take a significant group. You know, it's like taking your buddy. (laughs) You know, he wanted to go sing karaoke at the Heartbreak Hotel bar. He wanted to just Immerse himself in it. He wanted to see every little aspect of the museum. You know, he wanted to go to Sun Studios and stand exactly where Elvis stood. And in fact, he had full costumes. You know, that's one thing that really stands out is when you go to Graceland, there's a lot of Elvis impersonators. And they treated Walt as a total equal. You know, he had Down syndrome, but he would be dressed in this 70s Elvis sequined outfit. And, you know, they, asked for his autograph, you know. They took oh, they wanted pictures gosh. with him. It was quite a spectacle to go to Graceland with him because he he was everybody, you know, wanted pictures with him and I mean that's why we went three times. He he really relished that. But, you know, to get back to your question, you know, what did he give me? You know, he gave me a solid grounding, you know. And again, he slowed me down with the different organizations and the many employees and we run a farm and you know there's just it's life. I mean, everybody has these conflicts and busyness in their lives. He taught me to slow down and uh, walk at his pace and uh, be more attentive, I think, you know, attentive to this world around us and all the blessings that are around us.
2: Wow.
1: Amen. Like what a gift that is. It's it yeah. the old stop and, and smell the roses. I mean, it's wonderful.
3: Right. Right. You know, with Down syndrome, there were, there were maladies, you know, there was issues you know maybe associated with the down syndrome maybe not you know Walt's biggest issue was the diabetes and uh like like us he struggles with that you know portion control and making right food choices and things but he found humor in it you know and he would go through periods where he did quite well and then there would be periods he would struggle i, I think he wore his humanity it was easy to see but it was interesting you know he he almost wore his vulnerability as a badge too. You know, mm. It's me, I'm human, I'm human. And, you know, take it or leave it, this is me. If we all could be so open about ourselves, mm-hmm. I think the world would be a better place.
1: Agree, agree. So I'm glad you brought that up. Walter ended up in the hospital and he was an organ donor. At yeah, and he, was,
3: he was adamant about that. I felt very good about that when it was presented as an option because just because somebody has down syndrome doesn't mean you know they can't make those decisions for themselves and like i said walt he was his own guardian and you know the county at one point wanted him to have a guardian and i said absolutely not you know this this guy can make his own decisions we all make good and bad decisions in our lives um he made you know some poor food choices and such. Oh, well, that's part of life. And, uh, you know, he lived the life that he wanted to live as a result. Now, why we ended up in the hospital that day, you know, and that's another thing is 48 hours before Walt and I were swimming together in a pool, having a good time, no, no major issues. He, Mm -hmm. he was a well person. And then he showed up at work and felt sluggish. And, you know, we said, we got to take him to the hospital. Something's up. He's not usually like this. And unfortunately, you know, within 48 hours, he had passed away. Most likely, definitely contributor was the diabetes. Really, it was a cardiac issue that happened quite suddenly.
1: Yeah. You hold the power of attorney for Walter and you were involved along with Walter's family in the donation process. Can you share yes. your experience with LifeBank and the caregivers and how that donation experience was for you?
3: Oh, my goodness. It was almost spiritual, to be honest with you. I mean, everybody was just um, gentle. And I say the meek maybe is the better word for that, you know, in the best sense of that word, you know, somebody that could act a lot more above others, um, but doesn't, you know, doesn't wield any power. I mean, they came in. Um, just very quietly and said that this is an option and, you know, almost like, uh, you're in a hospital room, almost like when a chaplain comes in, um, it's very respectful and, and it was a very easy decision for me and his brother to make. And we were delighted that Walt was able to donate multiple parts of his anatomy and, um, you know, I, I got a nice certificate. Uh, multiple calls, you know, emails. If I need any therapy or grief management; those types of things. Uh, I was very much unaware of how long the the tentacles are on the uh, the life bank and how holistic they are, and you know, trying to cover all the bases. I was very impressed.
1: You know, we followed the family; those that are left behind for months and years, and it, it's really a service that we put our heart and soul into.
3: And, you know, I, I'll be quite honest. I am not over Walter's passing because I'm such a busy person. And I have, you know, a lot of other folks with Down syndrome and other disabilities, you know, when Walt died, what did I do? I jumped right back into my work. You know, it's almost like you avoid the issue. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I don't know, about 10 days ago, I was just in the car and, Walt would often sing a song called Summer Breeze. I think it's Seals and Crop from the 70s, like AM radio. And that came on the radio. I just started bawling when I'm driving, you know, like it hit me. So it's funny when Life Bank called and said, Are you sure you don't need the grief management? I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't yeah. need it now, but yeah. I might. Yeah. I know I haven't fully dealt with it yet, you know. And I think yeah. Walt, Walt will guide me, and I'm a very faithful person. My faith will guide me, but. I appreciate that you're still there, you know, and that they were fine when I my respond with my response. Okay, we get it. You know, yeah. we're here when you need us.
1: That's the beautiful thing is that when you're ready, we are here in in so many different ways. So, uh, as we wrap up your conversation, I just want to ask why do you believe that a person with disabilities or as I've been enlightened lately, different abilities
3: Mm -hmm.
1: why are their gifts of life so meaningful? Mm
3: -hmm. I think not exclusive to Walter, but, uh, you know, a a lot of folks with Down syndrome, most are just such giving, happy people, you know, maybe they don't realize, you know, they don't have the stresses that that a typical person would. But, you know, number one, it flows with exactly how, you know, Walt lived his life. You know, if I said to Walt, take that shirt off right now, I want that shirt. Literally, he would take the shirt off his back and give it to you. So, wow, you know, to, to give you my, my kidneys, my skin, whatever, you know, that, that fits exactly the way he would want it. Um, you know, Walter in particular, you know, physically, diabetes belied that, but he was a healthy, you know, younger guy. You know, he was active. He swam. He, he won many medals, you know, as a swimmer for Special Olympics. He always walking you know so that's you know in hindsight now that makes perfect sense that you know he would be a quality donor to people so yeah that you know that it just really just fit his his mantra of life and the way he lived his life so it's nice that he was able to share
1: yeah that's that's a beautiful beautiful thing and what a legacy he left
3: yes exactly and you know i think that's the the organic nature of it all that we just keep helping one another and flowing towards wherever we're going to go. It's just a, it's an easy feeling. It's a good feeling.
1: It is. It is. I agree. You have several organizations and projects in the works. Do you want to talk about them?
3: As I mentioned earlier, Walter was part of our residential program when his mom passed away and that's called ILE, I-S-L-E. And basically we provide staffing for adults with disabilities you know, 24-7, and we have 33 sites. So, you know, that's a big endeavor. And then we have a day program called the Purple Cat. Uh, Walt worked at one of our Purple Cat sites. Actually, one of our sites is a restaurant that's in our local county building called Joe Gallagher's Lunch Bucket. Uh, Joe Gallagher was another adult with Down syndrome, a buddy of Walt's that passed away 11 years ago. But we named a restaurant after him, and Walt, Operated the big uh, industrial dishwasher, you know, the big wand, the big machine that you you load up and shut the door. He did well with that. He did some short order cook stuff, did some cleaning stuff. I mean, he was very malleable when it came to that. And then finally, we have Golden String, which is a not for profit, a 501c3. And um, we were built, we're currently building a camp for adults with disabilities so they can vacation but we also run a radio station called goldenstringradio.org. And that was uh, a prize in the life of Walter Moots because he had his own radio show and he could play the aforementioned Elvis and Seals and Croft and Neil Diamond. And occasionally he would jump into Kiss and Tom Petty and some heavier stuff, but he always played what he wanted to. And uh, he liked it if there was a nice female DJ in there with him but it was his own show, and he would often sing in between. And fortunately, we have the capability. Everything is recorded. So, you know, we're blessed. We've got several of the uh, Walter Moots radio shows on recording.
1: Oh, have fun.
3: So it's gold, yeah, it's goldenstringradio.org. Well,
1: we'll be but tuning can, in.
3: Yeah, yeah, and, and actually say tuning in. It's free on the TuneIn app, too. T-U-N-E-I-N. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, great. That's great. Oh my gosh. I'm just smiling because I could just see him in the the DJ booth.
3: Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, there were times, you know, where he had co-hosts, you know, that he chose. So it's fun to, you know, the banter about songs and, you know, two friends poking at each other on the air and, you know, arguing about which Elvis song to play. I mean, that's, that's the radio, that's the humanity. And that's what we wanted to focus on. And share with the world.
1: I love his taste of music. I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with anything <laughs> that you mentioned.
3: Well, this this morning on the way here I was listening to Coming In Loaded from the Girls 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 soundtrack and I thought to myself, is that DJ Fontana playing the drums? And then I'm thinking to myself, if it wasn't for Walter Moots, I would know none of this. <laughs> I wouldn't be he brought it into my world.
1: Well, Walter sounds like a charismatic, loving, wonderful individual. And we are so grateful that he gave the gift of life to others and that he's out there in the world and still shining.
3: No doubt about it. We feel his gentle presence, no doubt.
1: Well, Jim, thank you so much for talking with me today. And and we wish you all the best in in your work and endeavors. And we'll hold Walter dear in our hearts for a long time.
3: I know it and I feel it. you guys, uh, that, that emanates from Life Bank, So I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, uh, again, Walter puts me in touch with good people. And uh, we're all blessed in that situation.
1: Agreed. Amen. I am now going to turn to Fred Moots, Walter's brother. Fred, it sounds like Walter was an outgoing guy. What are some of your favorite memories about Walter? Yeah, he definitely was that... Um... As far as
0: personality, you said, and, and being charismatic and outgoing and uh, never judged people, always had a smile on his face. I, I tell people I lost the greatest guy that I've ever known. That's for that's sure. Cool. Early on, a lot of doctors have told my mom, you know, well, i had some health issues. You know, told my mom that my brother wouldn't live to be you know, five or like 16 or 20. And, he yeah, outweighed all those odds uh, that were stacked against him moving on. So, you know, thinking back of uh, our childhood, Walt well, was just just like one of us. We had you know, a lot of friends, same friends that I had growing up. He we went to school the same as us. And, uh, you know, so he gained so many friends over the years. Uh, after he passed, uh, so many people reached out. I mean, people that I don't know. I mean, wow, it was, it was you know, it was really than I ever could imagine. So, uh, you know, uh, Walt early on was a very gifted swimmer. Uh, You know, something a lot of people don't know. Uh, He was, he got into the water. He was a golfer. I mean, he was just unbelievable on a pool. Uh, Even, you know, um, as he got older, he enjoyed Okay. You know, he always, like I said, always, always smiled, it always happy. It was just, you know, he didn't have bad days. And if he did, it wasn't anything that would ever affect, you know, anyone else. I mean, it's just, you know, whether he was possibly, you know, hurting in some aspect, you know, with his health or pain, we'd never know, you know. So his ability to walk into a room just not only light the room up, but really become the centerpiece of that room. You know? And like I said, you know, the ability to just make everybody happier. He was a jokester, too. He really was. He made you laugh. Like I said, I admire everything about him, but really his ability to make your day better when
1: you were having a bad day. That's a perfect segue into my next question. When Walter passed, the option of organ donation came up. What was that experience like for you as his brother?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, and the Austin came up and I mean, I looked at Jimmy and he looked at me and said, yeah, you know what I think? And we knew, like, this is absolutely what he would want. I mean, this is, it's an amazing thing, the ability for people to be able to do that, to help others, like to say, give, give the gift of life to other people. You know, it was that we knew this is exactly Yeah, absolutely amazing. Wow. Wow.
1: Well, it truly is our honor.
0: And the legacy of my brother awesome. moves on and will go on and, you know, he was the most amazing man I've ever known. Like I've always said, and I've said this, if more people were this way, this, this world would be a much better place. And, you know, as much as we miss him, um, I know he's with, he's with great people up there. He's with my mom and dad. And I just want to thank everybody that's been involved in this process. because. They've been, like I said, they've been amazing. And, and I
1: appreciate the, uh, the efforts of reaching out and, and being able to tell my brother's story. I thank you guys. Well, we thank you for sharing, Walter, with the world. You're right. The world would be a better place if more people were like Walter. We hope you found today's episode informative and inspirational. You know, you can save lives simply by going to lifebanc.org and registering your donation decision. You can catch Let's Talk About Life on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, but you can always find it at lifebank.org. We thank you for listening and we hope you come back next time. And come on, Let's Talk About Life.
0: Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at LifeBank.org. Literally, someone's
3: life is dependent on it.